0: It's Adam Panisi here. In this video, I wanted to share with you about how to find great deals even in an upmarket that's booming, that's super hot, and everybody else is paying full lift price or more. So how to get an off-market deal um, is really key to the success of a property investor and a property developer. To buy something off-market, undervalued, That's where you actually make your money. So there's a saying that's been drummed into me by multiple mentors and coaches that I've had over the years. And that is the profit is in the buying. And also you make your money when you buy. And that is entirely true. So if you're looking to invest in property or do a property development deal, just keep in mind that the profit is in the buying. So you make your money on the way in. There's only one transaction you're in 100% control of, and that is the buying. So just keep that in mind. There's only one transaction you're 100% control of, and that's in the buying. Once you've bought the property, you're stuck with it. So if you buy a lemon, you're gonna be stuck with it. I'd kind of giggle at that or laugh at that. You just got to make sure you don't buy a, one, you don't buy a lemon. And then secondly, you don't buy a property that's overpriced uh, where you pay too much for it. You get caught up in the hype of the market and everything that's happening now and everybody's saying property prices are going to keep booming. And it's funny when we're in this market cycle that's booming, um, how only 12 months ago or 18 months ago, the same property is worth so much less and there's no buyer competition. So in this hot market, if you are looking to invest in property, uh, then you need to one, try and get it off market, Um, but two, if it is on market, just don't go silly, still keep in mind that that same property, you're gonna be stuck with that. If it's just a straight buy and hold, where you're just going to rent it out for years and you're gonna look for capital growth. Well, if you've paid over the market and the market doesn't keep going up, if it stays stable, then just keep in mind, you're not gonna be able to redraw any equity out of that property, or you're not gonna get the capital growth that maybe you had hoped for. So also just note with the forecasts that are coming out, uh, from which are hitting the headlines. And if you follow some other people that, that are predicting property prices to go up, just keep in mind that if you're only buying one property or maybe two properties, then you need to look at what's going to be the capital growth on that one or two properties or three or four, or however many you're buying. You're not buying a thousand properties where it's spread across multiple suburbs, multiple cities and you're not getting that overall spread of the market. So if the market goes up by say 10%, then you better hope that your properties go up by at least 10% um, over that same time. But if you've bought well, you should be buying at least five or 10% under the market anyway. Or if you're not, if you are buying at market, well then you need to be adding some value so that you're manufacturing your own equity. You're not just relying on the market to, give you capital growth and give you equity in the property. So just keep that in mind. I hope that's helped. And I just want to give you a couple of tips on how to get property either under market value or how to buy well, even in the current market. And tip number one is be an area expert. So be an area expert means be an expert in whatever pocket or whatever area you're looking at. And that doesn't have to necessarily be one suburb. It can be a whole postcode or it can be a couple of suburbs so that you can sort of spread spread your wings a little bit if there's limited supply, but just be an area expert. And so when something does, if something does come to market or if it's off market, you know straight away, is this a good deal or is it not? So you're gonna know where the good streets are You're gonna know where the not so good streets are. You're gonna know why people pay more in the better streets or the quiet streets. There's all those things that if you are an area expert, you know that straight away. And to become an expert in an area, uh, property, it's bricks and mortar, uh, it's physical. Somebody, if you're looking for a residential, somebody's gotta live in that property. So you need to consider from either a buyer if you're looking to on-sell the property or a tenant's point of view, somebody's still gotta live in that property. So you need to look at what is it close to? Is it close to parks? Is the street quiet? Uh, Is it a busy road? So these things are going to affect the price that you pay and then also if you're looking to on-sell or capital growth, they're gonna affect this. So ideally what I try and look for in a property investment whether I'm manufacturing growth or not, I like to look for a quieter street um, because I know that the quieter streets, uh, so they could be cul-de-sacs or minor thoroughfares are okay, but just keep in mind that quieter streets um, appeal to more people. There's, there's not as much road noise and those streets always get more capital growth than busy roads, always. The only exception to that is if A busy road gets rezoned into commercial, or you can do a commercial use on a busy main road. So, I like to look for quiet streets. Now, close to parks and playgrounds is really great um, if the demographic allows for that. So, if there's a young demographic, or so young families, I'm talking about, uh, young families like to be close to parks. We live right uh, next to a park, it's at the back, and we go there all the time. So, that's obviously a a bonus for us and that that was something that for this house that we're in at the moment it um, was something that definitely appealed to us and these properties backing onto the park or near the park are going to get more capital growth than those away from parks. Um, that's just what I've seen after being in property direct for 11 years and monitoring the market even as a kid before that. So keep close to a park if you can. Uh, The other attractions are schools. If you're close to a school, then there's always going to be demands, especially the ones, the houses that are close to schools in a specific tight catchment. So where the catchment has been completely built out and the school is really well-known, has really high, uh, high grades, really great reviews, if you're close to the school, then that is going to appeal really highly with families. Now, you wanna be close to a school, but you don't wanna be too close. So you don't wanna be across the road or on the back street because again, you're gonna get the noise, the traffic. So those things, they don't appeal to buyers and they don't appeal to renters. So whether you're looking at on-selling or as an investment property, just keep that in mind. Um, Now, renters will compromise. So people renting the property, they will compromise. They'll rent on main roads if they have to. Uh, or they'll rent near busy schools if they have to. But what I wanna highlight is if they have to. If there's a lot of properties on the rental market um, in that suburb or nearby, then renters are gonna pick something, especially if they've got young kids or a young family, they're gonna pick something that's quieter. So they're obviously still weighing up, do I pick this house on a busier street or do I pick this one on a quieter street? And buyers are gonna do the same thing. So uh, close to schools is really great close to shops and amenity again really great Um, same with the school you don't want to be too close if you're within you know close driving distance or close walking distance but you're not going to get the noise or the rubbish from the shops Uh, what else bus stops if you're close to the city bus stops public transport that helps now that doesn't always guarantee in my opinion capital growth Um, you got to think about who your demographic is. And it's so different between suburbs. Um, I'll give you an example of some coastal suburbs because they've been booming um, really recently. So I'll just give you an example of the coastal suburbs. Have a look at the price difference between the houses right on the beach and the ones on the opposite side of the road. So there's always that pricing disparity. And by pricing disparity, I mean just pricing difference you're always going to get a difference being say on the river or on the beach versus on the other side of the road. So over time, and especially in the last 12 months, that's really highlighted uh, what the capital growth has been or or how much more the properties on the river or on on the water have grown in value versus the ones on the other side of the street. And that is people desire to be um, to be on that stretch, on, on the good stretch, whether it's got a view or whether you walk out your back door, either onto the river or onto the beach, um, especially during lockdown. So I wanted to use that as an example because that's really being highlighted with COVID and with people wanting lifestyle changes. Um, similarly with views and with not, without, if your property's got a view and the ones on the other side of the street don't, depending on what suburb you're in and what people are willing to pay for that, the one with the view in, in my opinion and with capital growth is always going to outperform the one without the view. Pe- people, I love a view. I like to look out on things, uh, whether it be mountains, trees, a park, uh, the ocean. So properties with views are always going to outperform, uh, ones, ones without. So, I mean, there are exceptions to this. I won't go into every single detail in every single suburb you've really got to assess your individual property you're looking at. Um, But in terms of capital growth and desirability, people want views, they want parks close by, schools close by, shops, amenity close by, and they want to be on quiet streets. So they're they're my main picks. They're sort of my top five, what I look for. And then once I tick off all those boxes, um, then we start to look at what what else is is going on, on that on that property, so the actual physical property itself. So everyone's probably heard from every second real estate agent or if you've been to an auction, every auctioneer, they always talk about location, 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 location. And I really hate to say it, but they're actually right. Uh, the location has the biggest advantage or disadvantage with buying a property whether it's for capital growth reasons, for renting it out, or if you're just looking at manufacturing equity and then on-selling it. It's all about the location. The value of the property is given by its location. If you've got a property in the middle of uh, New York, it's worth a lot more than a property in the middle of the Sahara Desert or in the middle of Ellis Springs. So the location of the property gives it its value then the other attributes of that property, then they, they come in behind that. So I gave you my top five on the first five things that I look for. I'll just recap them. Main road, parks, schools, shops, amenity, and then outlook and views. They're my top five. Thanks for watching. I hope you got some real value for that. And when you're looking at your next property purchase, whether it's property development or just to invest, Uh, I hope that's really helped you out and you're going to look for those things. And then uh, in another video, I'll share some more detailed um, things that I look for and how I attribute value to properties and which ones I think are going to grow even better than the other ones. And even if you are buying under market value or buying at market value, you want to know that your property is going to grow in value. Um, as much as possible to give you the best opportunity to really make as much money from property as you can. Thanks for watching. Hope you got some value out of that and have a great day.